Hi guys, welcome back to the original judo podcast. I'm James Austin and I am joined this week. Well, I'm delighted to have a member of the GB squad's performance program with me this week. She took a fifth place in the Worlds um, four years ago now. I think she'll definitely correct me in a second. This is where we find out. I've got all my facts wrong. She's got two Commonwealth Games bronze medalists. I'm delighted to welcome Jemima Yates-Brown to the show. Jemima, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks for giving your time. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And I want to I want to kick everything off, first of all, by saying you were like the very first guest for Matt DeVal's um, drop in podcast, I think way back during COVID days. So this is no way going to live up to that. But everyone <laughs> should go and check that out. But what was what was that experience like? Yeah, well, I think it was good because well, everyone was just bored in lockdown. So as soon as someone said do anything, I was like, yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Uh, well, no, thanks for joining us. Um, you are just back from a week away at the Olympic training camp in, I'm going to say, uh, Czech Republic, but i am definitely got that wrong. Yeah, I was in Nimburg for four days. Uh, it's basically, I don't know if you've been, it's in the middle of nowhere, in like <laughs> a forest. <laughs> How was it? What was the camp like? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I was thinking back, the first time I went was in 2012 so 11 years ago and it's the same nothing's changed about the whole place it's all the same the, the, oh, amazing. Is hard, it? the place is hard it's freezing cold but yeah it was a good camp yeah and like obviously you get a load of good kind of bodies out there for you um what's it is it just part of your general preparation or is it are you is that building up to something big coming up in the future uh, so we were we're fighting this weekend in Georgia Grand Slam. So we had a lot of hard randories last week and then a bit of a taper this week leading into Georgia and Turkey Grand Slams, which are back to back. So it was good to get a bit of randori in before back to back comps. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us. Are you at home or have I managed to catch you between hotels? Uh, no, I'm in Warsaw in. Yeah, well, my second home, kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, that's absolutely amazing. Um, So how is it being part of that women's team? I think at the moment, GB women's squad have got such a strong squad across all the weights. Um, you have been a staple of the wider squad for so long now. You like you, you talk about coming, going to Olympic training camp in 2012. I know you were literally a, a small child then <laughs> were you 16 at that stage i think i was um, 17 18 maybe just nearly 18 something like that okay so yeah part of the squad for such a long time now um training at warsaw again where most of the women are based what's it like having that kind of standard around you yeah it's crazy when you think like sometimes it's like normal because you train with the girls every day but then when you take a step back and you look at the medals the team of one it's like everywhere you look there's like world medals european medals grand slam medals olympic medal with chelsea and like we're all training together doing the same stuff and so sometimes when i see the other girls 
uh, winning all the big medals, it really pushes me on because I think, well, we're all doing the same. And if we're all doing the same, then it's working for them. It should work for me. So, yeah, it's amazing just to see the amount of medals. And we all push each other on. We all get on really well as a group with Jamie and Simon, our coaches. So, yeah, it's a really good atmosphere. Does it bring an element of pressure, though? Like, you you talk about the positive vibes and how it's great to be a part of that. Um, does it bring an element of pressure knowing that you've constantly got to push yourself? Because there are always, like you know two or three people in a weight category everyone's hunting for the results trying to chase the next person down uh yeah I think it's pressure but it's I think pressure is there all the time anyway because we all want to be the best we all want to be Olympic champion so and then only one person can be Olympic champion whether it's from GB or from another country everyone's going for the same thing so I think the pressure is there regardless of where it's coming from and I think at the moment you are uh, campaigning at 70 kilos yeah you've had runs out at 78s yeah. over the last cycle um back in the day you had a run at 63s as well yep 63s like what's what's gone into the jumping about the weight categories why are you at 70s now like um uh, 70 is my most natural weight to compete in when i was 63 that wasn't long that wasn't going to be sustainable long term but then at the same time when i was under 78 kilos that wasn't sustainable long term either so i think just naturally i'm a 70 kilo well probably the size of a 63 but for my <laughs> weight it's more of like 70 kilo is where I should be yeah so I can understand why 63 is not sustainable long term like cutting weight can't be good for the body or the soul yeah um but why 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 was 78 so hard you got a lot of success at 78 you picked up a fifth of the world at 70 78s yeah so at the time the two 70 kilo slots basically were taken just as I'd come back from injury I think it was Sally and Gemma had won a European medal mm -hmm. that year just as I'd come back and that had all automatically qualified them for the world championships and me and Jamie sat down and I'd, ne I'd not experienced a major event yet at any weight really and so he said you're not going to be going at 70 that's clear is like why don't you try and go at 78 you still need to qualify you still need to get a result but why don't you give it a go so it was only ever like literally a f like a few months option and then okay. I qualifying for the worlds because I got a fifth place at a grand prix and then after the worlds when I did well he said well you might as well stay and then basically the whole time I was just trying to put on as much weight as possible but it, it just wasn't, that just didn't feel good. Like my speed and strength and everything was like off because I was feeling too big, basically. Right, okay. So when, when did you decide to come back down? Like it sounds like you always knew you were going to come back down to 70s. But was that made like pre-Tokyo, like uh, before before or start the Paris cycle? Um. So I got injured again and 
during that injury period it was kind of well I feel like whenever you get injured it's a time to like reflect and look at what's going well what's not and what it could be changed and after that injury it was sort of decided to come back down again yeah you've mentioned injury a couple of times now um and I know that you've had like an absolute litany of of injuries um what's been the most troubling what's kept you off the mat the longest um probably the it was in 2019 so I tore my ACL for the third time and as I was I knew my knee was about to go so as it was about to go I put my hand out to try and stop my knee from giving way and I ended up tearing my ligaments in my elbow off the bone as well so it was like two for the price of one. <laughs> oh my god um so what's the recovery like for that uh that one was horrendous seriously that was just uh so I had my elbow fixed first because they needed to give that time to heal so then I could use crutches for when I had my knee repaired oh god right yes. so the, the actual combination ended up being really prolonging things yeah so then there was a month where I had to wait for my elbow to heal a bit and then I went in for surgery for my knee after that and then after oh and then it was just as I was about to kind of come back it was lockdown so then that added a whole another year or so onto that oh no yeah but during that period so is Tokyo still on the horizon or is that injury kind of like finished your Tokyo oh, hopes? That finished Tokyo hopes and for a while I wondered if I was even going to compete again. It was oh, like, wow. yeah, I thought, because, you know, I don't know many players on the circuit that have had three ACLs. Like, it's quite common. It's not nice, but it's quite common to do mm-hmm. one or the other. But I didn't know of anyone that had done three and come back. And I think also mentally it just strained you. Yeah. Constantly being injured, coming back, and like starting again constantly. So yeah, that was a that was a tough one. So does lockdown help you in a way, in that you know that you might be starting again, but everybody else, everybody else is starting again as well because nobody's had the opportunity to train. Yeah, I think definitely. Well, obviously you didn't want to be in that situation of lockdown, but. It definitely helped me just to like switch off from judo because I don't think anyone has ever switched off from judo. Like when you're in the judo world, there's always something to watch on the telly or follow something or there's a camp on or you're, it's a rest week, but you feel like you should train. Like there's never <laughs> a time where you completely switch it off. So I think that was good for me, not just for the injury, just mentally, if everyone just to have like, a few months just to switch off for a bit yeah no I love that um how do you kind of manage the injury during that time um because I know for me like so I have had one ACL (laughs) nothing nothing but a patch on you but like one of the biggest things was like main for me was take like maintaining the connection to the sport like still being able to kind of show up to like part of a session do a bit of rehab with everybody um 
and just have the yeah connection to my friends, my teammates. Like how how do you manage that during lockdown? Uh, I think yeah, that was tough because we ended up doing loads of Zoom stuff. So we were Zoom calls, training. We'd have a few uh, centre quizzes going on. I didn't win any, but. Yeah, there was like Zoom sessions three or four times a week. And then we were lucky with Elite Sport. We were allowed to come back to training a bit earlier than everyone else. So that was good to be able to then be with each other again. And at the time, I was also living with Chelsea Giles. Okay. So we we locked down together for a few weeks. We could train with each other, like uh, just doing it. She called me in the living room, (laughs) stuff like that. I love that. Um, awesome. So you mentioned earlier that you, uh, in 2019, you hadn't had any kind of major events or you hadn't competed in any like major events. And, yeah. and I know that's maybe true. Like when you compare yourself to your peers who are competing at Worlds and Olympics, but you've competed now at two kind of major domestic games two commonwealth games um glasgow and uh birmingham can you tell us a little bit about those experiences yeah so glasgow was a crazy one because i wasn't originally selected to be going i was actually on holiday in center parks and then matt deval rang my mum i think the day before the draw was out and there's been an injury in the team does Jemima want to come and fight Commonwealth Games and so we had to cancel our laser quest that we were playing that day (laughs) but that's is that that true or is that just for the story no it's true it's playing laser (laughs) and um, I think we went in the afternoon we were going to to go around the rapids in the pool but we had to cancel all that and then my dad drove me to the airport he got a speeding ticket on the way actually because it was then uh the next day was the draw and then i think i fought the day after that wow oh my gosh pitman's kits because i didn't have really judo kits for myself so yeah the whole thing was wild unbelievable and uh, yeah you would have been 19 ish at that stage yeah i think i just because it was in the summer wasn't it i was just 19 yeah ah so yeah like my memory of Glasgow is just that the crowds were absolutely wild so noisy for all the the kind of domestic fighters it's a little while ago do you is that your memory of it yeah no definitely because I knew I wasn't going to have anyone in the crowd for me that had come because obviously it was two days notice so yeah my dad looked at tickets and it, the whole thing wasn't able to come like oh just, no way so they weren't able to come no, anyway <laughs> they, went back to- <laughs> they went back to laser quest yeah seriously they played without me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay. hearing all like people shouting my name and thinking well who's, who's that because it had to be just judo fans because i knew i didn't have anyone there especially for me so yeah. just the whole crowd and the whole atmosphere yeah it was amazing i remember all of it yeah it was good love that and then eight years later um we have a second commonwealth games in birmingham 
yeah. like how does that experience compare like I'm guessing it wasn't a day before the games oh. call up asking oh. you to come had a bit more notice this time <laughs> yeah that one was special as well so the first one was special because it was just crazy the experience of it the second one was special because I didn't my mum and dad weren't able to come again because my sister was really poorly and so I knew that they weren't going to be there and then after I won my bronze medal match as I came off I see my mum at the end of the stands and she raced and got a train up when she knew I was in the final block and she surprised me at the end of the stands and she was there so yeah that was special as well because I didn't know she was going to be there and then she ended up sneaking in oh amazing um so where do you go from here like you've talked about the two uh grand slams coming up this week and next week and Tbilisi and Antalya like what are you looking ahead to Uh, or do you look ahead do you just take it a tournament at a time uh I think well as I got older I just take it a tournament as a time when I was younger it was like I need to do this and then this and then if I do this then I'll do this and if not then this whereas now I think it's a lot more well I know what the options are but it's really as I as it goes and especially with the injuries I had and just in general I think it's you don't want to get too ahead of yourself just like enjoy each one and then once that one's done you reassess and then go for the next one love that like if you look back on your, your career so far, what are your kind of best experiences? Uh, probably definitely both of the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. They were very different, but they were both, especially being home games. Well, Glasgow's kind of a home games. Just like generally being able to enjoy judo in front of home fans, that was cool. Uh, definitely the World Championships in 2018 I think it was yeah. I don't think I was expected to do anything and then just the way my judo was every now and then you get a comp where your judo just flows and you don't yeah. really think about it and it just happens that was definitely a day like that yeah so any any of the big ipons they're, they're my best memories <laughs> so that that kind of feeds into my next question like what event you look back on and go yeah that was me at my best Um, or is that day still to come well hopefully still to come (laughs) um I don't know sometimes you have tournaments where you don't feel good at all and then you come out of it with a medal and some days you feel amazing and you lose first fight so I think judo is one of those where there's no like predictor like if you're in athletics and you're running good and your form's good and your time's good you kind of know where you're going to be whereas judo you have no sort of what's done is done and the next tournament is anything can happen yeah yeah definitely um as part of my kind of brief research before uh yeah welcoming you onto the show um i noticed that you have done recently and you corrected me i, th- I thought you'd done a marathon um but you corrected me like off air you you've recently completed a 10k like where's that come from yeah so well it started actually in lockdown 
my mum wanted to get um, fitter. And so her goal was to run to the end of the road and back. Mm-hmm. And then slowly from that, I helped her. Like, we got fitter. She started doing park runs, started running more and more. And then now she runs more than me. She's always like, oh, let's go for a run. I'm like, oh, yeah. So. Oh, amazing. And then with the 10K she did, that was for cancer research. Because my sister okay. sadly passed away about six months ago with a brain tumour. So now we try and just do everything we can to raise more money for cancer mm-hmm. research, basically. And also it keeps us fit. And my mum likes to keep running now from not being able to run a few minutes down the road. And now we're doing 10Ks together. So, yeah, it's good. Oh, wow, that that is um, amazing. Um, so is that something then you're going to look to do again? And again, raising money for cancer research uh, in memory of your sister, I guess? Yeah, so definitely we're signed up for it next year. Whether I'll be free for it or not, uh, I don't know, because, you know, the judo calendar changes every five minutes. But yeah, definitely, I think it's something really close to me and my family is raising money, raising awareness and keeping like her memory alive. So, yeah, it was a it was a really special day. A lot of our family, friends, our close friends came and did it or they waited with my dad with coffees and chocolate after. So oh, everyone got involved. So it was really nice. Yeah. Love that. Um, and. Like you're obviously really active on social media, but you have been keeping like a video blog yeah. on YouTube of your exploits, your travels, your challenges with knee injury, um, going back several years now. Um, how did that come about? What what are you trying to do? Is it just you want to let people know about your journey? What what are you hoping to achieve through that? Yeah, I think it's changed throughout the years. Before, when I first, when I did my second ACL, it was more to like just for me to. Well, I made one video privately and I showed my mum and I was like, oh, look, it's my progress from one month of ACL. And then she said, oh, that's so cool. Maybe you should share it. People would like to see it and it would help other people. So then I decided to do like one video per month of my knee. Mm-hmm. and it was good for me to be able to watch back because you know with ACLs like you sometimes don't see much progress yeah and if you look back then it's like oh you can bend your knee a bit more or squat a bit lower stuff like that so it started with that and then more recently I've started making them just because it's a cool thing like what we do is cool like traveling the world fighting people as a job is a cool thing and in 10 20 years i want to be able to look back and think about all the memories that we did and all the places we traveled and everything that we did and it's like even the other day when i was a bit down about judo you can just watch all them back and think how how lucky we are to be able to do what we do and it's cool to be able to share that and show other people as well i think that yeah that's brilliant because yeah we all know it's not Judo is a load of fun, but it doesn't mean it's always easy. Yeah. And having that, you've got, does it go about like five or six years, like this collection of like video memories, you know, whether it's, you, you've got a handful of highlight reels on there, I think. And then you've got, yeah, some stuff, loads of stuff around knee injuries. Yeah. Um, 
yeah lots of stuff around training do you do you watch that stuff back or do you not have time is that something you're hoping to do in the future uh, I think definitely watch it back sometimes but also it's just uh, about it's it's be able to share what we do and I don't think many people understand they think oh you go away to these nice hotels and <laughs> sometimes it's like it's a camp bed in the room like for Christmas. <laughs> but even though that's not luxurious it's like the fun stuff and the memories that you talk about it's not always the five-star hotel and the gold medal sometimes yeah. it's sleeping on an airport floor with a delayed flight for six hours <laughs> and it's like you just want to like show both sides of it but even if it's good bad it's it's just it's our job and it's it's you're grateful to be able to do it yeah no I love that um guy Gemma thank you so much for joining us um if people want to kind of follow you on social media like where can they find you uh on well YouTube definitely to subscribe nearly subscribers uh twitter facebook instagram what's your what's your handle Uh, i'm gonna your your youtube handles uh jemima uh yb7633 but i'm sure they'll find (laughs) you if you search jemima h brown judo what about on instagram where where would they find you on instagram Uh, what's your handle jyb underscore 95 and awesome that is mima underscore yb excellent um Mima that's been absolutely fantastic thank you so much for joining the show really enjoyed chatting to you um good luck the next couple of weeks as well and then uh yeah hopefully we'll see you back up at Judah on a Wednesday night at some point dragging yeah, well, dragging the kids around yeah no that's a good session it's always a good session Wednesday night love it <laughs> moment thanks so much guys i hope you've enjoyed the show please go and check out her youtube page it is absolute quality well worth a follow she is 35 people off 1000 subscribers so help her get over the edge (laughs) um all the usual nonsense though you know we're we're back off a break but you know like subscribe share tell a mate about it or don't bother and um yeah blah 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 catch you soon